and um, and we will uh, take our time and look through that. But Acts chapter one, remember Acts chapter one was written, or Acts the book of Acts was written by Luke, and so in reality it is merely a continuation of the book of Luke, if you will, just a different thing. And it says this in the first book, O Theophilus, that's who he's writing it to. I have dealt with you that all Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing unto them during the 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard of me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they came together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? As I preached a little bit this morning, that's a political question, okay? That's, has, that nothing about that was spiritual. It was all political. It was all, uh, uh, you know, is, is Caesar going to be king forever, an emperor forever? Are we going to get back to our own rule? And, and, you know, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, Lord said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the, other, and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's the tomorrow I want to talk about. That as you watched him go up, so he will come again in Jesus' name. Would you pray right now? Heavenly Father, we love you and we appreciate you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done now. Let your word speak to us. Let us remember your tomorrow. Let us remember what the future holds. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Feeling pretty good. I'm the mighty hunter. While I'm trying to read the Bible, mosquito was buzzing my face, and I got him. Die, you blood-sucking insect. I didn't think we'd deal with mosquitoes this bad in, in September, but whatever. A few years ago, eight and a half years ago to be exact, February the 5th, 2011, Zane, you were eight. Such a cute little baby. I, uh, I'm thankful for Facebook and Time Hop. It reminds me of how cute my kids were as they've grown up. Zane, I don't know if you remember this, and I didn't ask your permission to tell it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I don't know if you remembered, but you and I had a pretty interesting conversation on February the 5th, 2011. So interesting that I wrote it down. It was a little bit better conversation than the one I had that same night with Zoe. I don't know what happened with Zoe, but she informed me that she no longer liked me. She did tell me that she loved me, and I think it was because she had to love me, but she said, I don't like you anymore, Dad. I remember that. I wrote that one down too. Thank you. But February the 5th, 2011, Zane, you and I were driving. And one thing you'll have to know about Zane is Zane finds time when we're driving. That's where he likes to talk. He'll start asking questions. I've learned i got to listen. But he asked me eight and a half years ago, Dad, 
in heaven will pizzas be made of gold? I responded. I doubt it. First off, and, 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 and I can give you just, there's no Bible for that, but I can give you one good thing is if, if the pizzas are made of gold, I can't eat them, and I like pizza, so I don't need pizzas to be made of gold. So they can be emos or whatever God decides to have in heaven, but I, I like my pizza. And then, Zane, you said, uh, Dad, will all of my Lego men be real in heaven? I had to think about that one for a while. And then the third question you asked, Dad, will the trees in heaven be made of candy? And I began to hum the bars to that old song, The Big Rock Candy Mountain. It's amazing how our minds begin to wrap around that. And in that time there, I was realizing that Zane was serious, even though it came about in a funny way, he was serious. So we begin to talk a little bit about heaven. Begin to realize what you get in heaven. It may not be gold pizzas. It may not be uh, uh, Lego men that are real. It may not be, you know, trees made of candy. But in heaven, there's a few things that are going to happen. Uh, one thing, I'm going to get to see all those that have gone ahead of me. I'm going to see those that have paved the, the road. It's a little bit like I, I think Hebrews that says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That's not only right now, but I can only imagine that when I finally cross over that, 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 that eastern shore and I walk on those streets of gold, I'm going to see all those that have gone before me and I'm going to hear them say, hey, you've walked the court. You, you finished it. You, you made it. You're, you're here. You, you, you pushed through and persevered. And I can't wait to see the loved ones that have gone. But I will tell you the greatest thing that heaven is to me is that we'll finally get to see Jesus, to talk to him, to, to worship him, to hear him talk to us back and to know the one who saved us, the one who loved us and the one who kept us. There's something about the tomorrow that we don't know. The Bible says we don't know the time. The Bible says we can't understand even the seasons. We may know that we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord, but uh, we don't have a chance to know about that. And as a kid, I grew up hearing about the coming of the Lord. But there are two elements of that that I remember vividly. And I've probably preached and talked about some of this in, in different sermons. But, you know, you I, I, I want to go to heaven. That, that's been my desire from the time I was old enough to enunciate that desire. I want to go to heaven. I can't wait to see streets of gold so clear they look as glass. I can't wait to see walls of jasper. I cannot wait to be able to, to, to see the, the river of life and that crystal sea. And so I, I grew up hearing about the coming of the Lord. I love to hear about heaven, but when they started talking about that second coming, that was a little bit different. It's the same thing in a, in, in a sense, but that second coming is a little bit different. Any of you brave enough to, to say maybe in your more immature life when the preacher began to preach about the second coming you got a little bit nervous, a little trepidatious, you didn't really like that you know, if you want to preach on heaven, go to it but if you want to start preaching about the judgment this, uh, this year we had the privilege to go back, my family got the privilege to go back to Arizona, and I'm, uh, well we did go to Arizona too, but we went to Arkansas and preach their kids camp again we had a blast love Arkansas in that district uh, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to brother uh, Justin Hamby a uh, guy a little bit younger than I am phenomenal saxophone player children's evangelist in his own right 
and, and as we're talking, we're driving around the, the campground on the golf cart, and as we're talking, things are clicking in my mind. I'm beginning to remember because his father, with a Hamby, uh, preached many, many of our kids' uh, uh, youth camps and children's camps here in Missouri way back when they were at Gateway. And I remember Brother Hamby. Now, Brother Hamby was crazy. He was way beyond his time, uh, uh, way ahead of his time. But uh, Brother Hamby, he... He took Brother Tim Tyson, who now pastors in Hillsboro, Missouri, but Brother Tim Tyson would have been a young adult at that time. And I remember one service where he, uh, you can't do this anymore, by the way. They, they don't like it. But uh, he put Brother Tim Tyson in fireman turnout gear, you know, the big fireman coats, and, burnt, and uh, doused Brother Tyson with kerosene and lit him on fire because that's all fireproof. And, brother, and they were preaching about the, uh, the rich man and Lazarus, and the rich man was in hell and Lazarus was in heaven. And, and here us kids are sitting, and, and, and he get, you know, he's talked about Lazarus in heaven, and then he gets the rich man. And about that time, Brother Tyson comes running through the old gateway. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's the Urshan, uh, the old uh, uh, whatever that's called where you have church. So, well, yeah, chapel. That's what I'm getting at. It's coming. It's just slow today. And uh, he's running through, and he's on fire, you know, and he's going, ah, I'm burning, I'm burning. And uh, I promise you, I don't remember much about that sermon, except I remember the altars were full. Well, and, you know, there's Bible to that. Some you saved by fear. <laughs> I remember another sermon as a kid where, as the preacher was preaching on the rapture, he was walking around, and we didn't understand what was going on. I don't know if he had done it beforehand or if he was talking to people, but as he preached, he would just go go by somebody, and, and he's preaching, and, and as he was preaching, he just, we found out later, he'd just tap them on the shoulder, and when he tapped them on the shoulder, they, that person would get up and, and, and go behind, there was a big puppet stage, go behind there, and, and, and by the time he got done, he said, all right, now I want you to think about this. The trumpet just sounded. Look and see who's gone and who stayed. Well, all those that were gone, you know, they'd, obviously been pre-approved to go to the rapture but all of us that stayed and unfortunately I was one that stayed so that meant I didn't get to the rapture and again you better believe I hit my the altar and I was praying because there's something about realizing and preaching about the coming of the Lord but we have to re realize that as much as I love living for God here as much as I love worshiping here, as much as I'm thankful for what God is doing in today and at this moment, there is a future coming. There is a thing coming. There is a eternity ahead. You go back to our text and you begin to look at the, at the disciples who were standing there, their mouths aghast, their mouths flopped open. They can't figure out what is happening. I mean... Uh, Jesus died and they were all losing their minds and scattered and then he comes back and now he leaves again and they're, they're looking there and Jesus, as he disappears into heaven, the angels say, don't stand there gazing, he's coming back. That phrase ought to ring in our ears today just as much as it rang on the Mount of Ascension, he's coming back back. Revelation 3.11 Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. Revelation 22.7 Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Revelation 22.12 And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Revelation 22 and 20 He that testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. And the answer to that ought to be even so 
come Lord Jesus. When you talk about the second coming of Christ, there are two distinct reactions that take place. And I want to tell you about both of them. But when you talk, even right now, and I'm not even hammering it, I'm, I'm giving you the, 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 a little bit of pastor's tired version. Is that fair enough? Can I just be real honest? I'm tired. I mean, I could preach hellfire and brimstone. I could set somebody on fire. I could do whatever. I could preach the, the, you into these altars. I'm giving you the nice, easy version. But the moment I started talking about the second coming of the Lord and judgment day, some of you got really nervous and some of you got really excited. There's something about when you start talking about he, him coming again, there's really no middle ground. No one's saying, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. We'll see if it happens. Whatever. No, I, I've just been around church too much. I've been around. And in fact, I can take you outside of church. Go to the, the, the just, just go out to eat tonight and start talking to your waiter or waitress about the second coming of God and watch their own reaction. There's two distinct reactions. The first one is the one that's, that's very sad. It's, it, it's um, if I just knew you were coming, I would have been prepared. You ever gone out to eat and the waiter look at you and say, you know what, I can come back when you're ready. I like that because sometimes I'm not ready. I haven't decided what I want to eat, even though I've eaten at that restaurant 482 times in my life, and I always get the exact same thing because that's how I am. But you know what, give me a moment. I might get a salad today. I mean... So not, I'll come back when you're ready. And I'm very sad that y'all laugh because I might get a salad. But I will tell you today, that's not how Jesus operates. Jesus operates a lot like how we used to operate when we play hide and go seek. It's ready or not, here I come. Somewhere in heaven... There is a divine clock, and I, I'm, I don't have Bible for this. I'm just kind of somewhere in heaven. There's a time and a place where, in God's mind, He says, "Enough is enough," and I'm coming back. And whoever's ready's ready. Whoever's not is not. There's no second chances. There's no do-overs. There's no give me a moment. There's no hey, can you hold off knocking on the door until I get ready? Because you just gotta know He's coming. Let me help you out. He's coming. I don't know when, but He's coming. Could it be tonight? Maybe. Could it be tomorrow? Could it be the next week or could it be a couple years from now? Could it be after my lifetime? I don't know, but ready or not, here I come. And so it is that if I'd have just known you were coming. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2 says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. When you shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. That, that word picture is so apt to the coming of the Lord. And I've told you, let me tell you again, because I like a growing church, and as long as the church is growing and there's new faces, I'm going to keep saying the same thing. When the church stagnates and y'all all come, then I guess I'll have to find out something new, you know. But I'm going to keep saying it like this. 
If I told you today that at 11.59 somebody's going to break into your house, you would not be sleeping. You would have couches in front of doors. You'd have refrigerators in front of doors. You'd have your arsenal lined up in front of you. Brother Keith, you'd have every gun you own laying right there locked and loaded, and you'd be like, come on, let's go. That's right, yeah, if you had any guns. Yeah, yeah right, exactly, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally a hypothetical situation. But that's not how it operates. No one expects to be robbed. No one expects for the thief to come. That's why it takes you by surprise. You walk out and somebody busted in your car window and stole your stereo or whatever it is that you had. And, and so the Bible says that's how the Lord is going to come again. You are not going to be able to anticipate it. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Let me remind you, be mindful of the words that were spoken of by the holy prophets and by the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first and in the last days cometh scoffers walking after their own lusts saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation for this they are willingly ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old the earth standing out of the water and in the water and whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water, that's Noah's flood, perished. And the heavens and the earth are now by the same word kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men would count slackness. But the Lord is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night when the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. I'm here today to tell you he's coming again so you might as well just be prepared. It's the fact that it's literally just the word of the Lord that has stopped the end from coming. And the only reason he hasn't come yet is he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But there will be a moment, a moment in which the patience of the Lord is done. And he rolls up the scroll and he closes the book and he puts the lid on the pen and he says, no more written into the Lamb's book of life. No more written into the book of life. No more am I going to do it. I'm done. It's over. And he comes. And some people are going to be sitting there and going, if I'd only knew you were coming, I'd have been ready. It's Noah's generation. Now, now all but, but what, what is it, eight of them died? Of all of humanity, only eight survived. But if I could have asked one of those that died... They may would have said something like this. Ah, Noah, if I'd have just known you were really serious about that flood thing, I'd have gotten on the ark. If I'd have just really known that, that this was true and not some babbling of some old senile white-headed man building some monstrosity in his backyard, if I'd have really known that flood was coming, I'd have gotten on the ark, but it was too late by then. It's the five foolish virgins. You know, you know the story that the ten, five had extra oil, five did not. Five let their oil run out, five had extra to, to refill it. And, and, and they would have said something like this. If I'd have just known the exact time that the bridegroom was going to show up, I would have been ready. If I'd have known you were coming, 
I'd have been prepared. I hope and pray that there's not one person in the sound of my voice listening to anything that's being preached tonight. I hope and pray that's not your response when the trumpet sounds. I hope and pray that's not your response when God calls uh, uh, your time to be done. And let me help you out. Are you ready? One of the worst things that, that the enemy has put upon us was was a lot of that series by, the, by uh, uh, Jenkins, and that's the Left Behind series. Because in the Left Behind series that I grew up on, it always gave you an out. If you miss the rapture, you got a second chance. If you miss this. And then sometimes we get so so caught up in, in, in all of the Bible prophecy and revelation and, and, and are we going to live in the tribulation or out of the tribulation or in the middle of the tribulation. Here's the point. We may never get to that because you might walk out of this building and God requires your life right then and then you're going to be sitting there in the morgue saying if I'd have only known tonight was going to be my last night, I'd have been ready. I'm here today to tell somebody, don't let your answer be if I'd have known you were coming, I'd have been ready. I've been to enough funerals in my life where they tried to get them ready after they had breathed their last. You're last. You're not going to have that opportunity. You're only given right now, right now, right now. This is the only time you have. You can't do anything about yesterday. You can't do anything about what tomorrow may bring. But right now you can say, if you're coming, if I knew you were coming, I will be ready. But there's a second side to that. The first is the negative. The first is the sad one. The first is that if I'd have known you were coming, I would have been ready and it's going to be too late. But the second side to that is if I knew you were coming, if I know you're on your way, everything will be okay. I uh, remember as a kid, Mama and Papa would come to town. Have you ever noticed how as a kid, time is a lot longer than it is when you're an adult? An hour as a kid might as well be 100 years. An hour as an adult is like three minutes. And we had a record player. And uh, then we graduated to a tape player. And I remember we would sit by that front window. We were on... Woodford Way there in Bridge, me and my brother Brad, and we would look out that big plate glass window. Mom and Dad would tell us, oh, they're three hours away. And we'd look out that window. We'd listen to some Lula Moore tapes or some kid tape or record, and, and we'd count down the hours, because Momo and Papa are coming. Everything's going to be okay when they get here. There's money that magically appears and food that magically appears. And it is awesome when Momo and Papa show up and spanking suddenly diminish because Momo and Papa are there. <clears throat> if I'd have known you were coming, if I know you're on your way, I'll be okay. A couple weekend, a couple, was it last week, I guess, or whenever it was, we went down to men's conference, had a great time with our men, but I was reminded of Men's Conference 2013. I know I'm picking on you, Zane and Zoe. I love you guys. But I remember September 13th, or September 2013 at Men's Conference. It was Thursday night, and I got a text from my wife, and she said the kids were losing. I'd left her alone with the kids, and I'm out enjoying men's conference, and we're going out to eat and having fun, and they're losing it. And, and, and I stepped out, and I called her, and Zane and Zoe were in full sobbing hysterical mode, absolutely going crazy. 
They'd been wailing for an hour. And Zane, this is what you said, Zane, as you cried and sobbed. Dad, I didn't get to tell you goodbye this morning. I said, Zane, sorry, somebody get my wife Kleenex. She's about to cry. I said, Zane, yes, you did because I put you on the bus. I gave you a hug, and I'm going to be home in two more sleeps. And Zane instantly stopped crying and said, okay. Same conversation went with Zoe. Here's the thing, because he knew dad's on his way. He knew dad was coming. And what was so amazing about that time is in that same uh, uh, men's conference, Brother Jerry Dean was preaching and he relayed a story of his youth when he was at a youth camp in Texas as a child and he was missing his mom and his dad and he, he, he had had a bad day and so he went and, and stood in line because you didn't have cell phones. He had one of those phones you put a quarter in or a nickel and he waited his turn in line and he told this story right after I had just had that own conversation with my own son and he told the story. He said, Dad, I don't want to be here anymore. Would you come and get me? And his dad replied over the phone, Jerry, I'm six hours away. It's going to take forever to get to you. And Brother Dean said this, if I just know you're coming, I can make it those six hours. If I just know you're on your way, I'll be okay. Jesus said, let not, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Listen to me right now. I can handle the calamities in life because I know he's coming. I can handle the ups and the downs because I know he's coming. I can handle the bad times. I know he's coming. I can handle sickness. I know he's coming. This isn't the end of my life. This isn't the sum of everything I am. This isn't all I got to deal with. I know, Daddy, you're on your way, and I can handle anything. There are some that would say if I'd have only known you were coming, I'd have cleaned up a little bit. If I'd have known you were coming, I'd have put on a better shirt. If I'd have known you were coming, I'd have prayed more. If I'd have known you were coming, I'd have fasted more. If I'd have known you were coming, I'd have repented. But it'd have been too late. But I'd rather be on this side that says if I'd have just know, if I can know you're on your way, I can handle it all. And so it is, I want to leave you with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as those which do not have hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so those also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that, they, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We're talking about those that have died and gone on before us. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We that are alive shall remain. We, we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so forever. We shall be with the Lord. So wherefore, comfort each other with these words. Sometimes we use this only in funerals. You know, funerals of good saints that have walked and blazed the path. And while I can't put anybody in heaven or hell, I 
can't at least judge the works that I saw. So sometimes you have that child of God that passes on. And we say comfort yourselves, but can I tell you, that's not just a funeral sermon. It ought to be a Monday morning when you slog into work and your workload is heavy and you really don't want to be there and and it's a job you don't like and, and, and it seems like hell is throwing everything at you. The Bible says comfort yourselves with these words. I know you don't have the times and seasons you don't have need I write unto you. You know perfectly the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. Before he read that and talked to you about peace and safety, they say, and then destruction comes. But brethren, you're not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. You're children of the light and the children of the day. We're not of the night. We're not of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that are drunken, be drunken in the night. This is not necessarily talking about physical sleep. It's not even talking about physical night. It's talking about some that just go on with their life and they don't care. They don't worry. They're not preparing anything. They're just in darkness. They're the ones... Uh, I don't know if any of you are connected to the O'Fallon Police Department's Facebook page. But, and it's not just in O'Fallon. My dad, I talked to my dad and mom today, and they have it in their neighborhoods. People going and, and, and opening up car doors at night and stealing stuff out of cars and knocking, you know, breaking the windows and happens here in O'Fallon. And so O'Fallon's been doing this thing in the police department where they, they put on Facebook, you know, what's your 9 o'clock routine? Go outside, make sure your porch lights are on, make sure your car is locked, make sure you don't have any valuables in your car. You know, they're making sure you're prepared. See, the police don't really have a lot of of, uh, sympathy for someone who was told, go make sure your car is locked, make sure your it's lit up. Then you come there and everything's stolen. They say, well, did you lock your car? No, I didn't feel like locking it. You with me? The Lord doesn't have a lot of sympathy when you got a church that preaches the truth and you've got access to his whole word and you've got unlimited time that you can pray and you can seek his face and, and he doesn't have a lot of sympathy when he decides to come knocking and you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith, of love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. It says, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by Lord Jesus Christ. Let me help you out. God never intended for you to go to hell. God never intended for that to be your end. In fact, the Bible tells us that hell had to go on a building program. It had to enlarge its gates because there's a lot of people that God never intended to be there. Hell is reserved for the angels. Hell is reserved for Satan. Hell is reserved for only those that fell. He never intended it for me to be for you. He died for us that whether we wake or sleep, that whether you die in him or whether you wait and he lets you live until the trumpet sound, whether you wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So comfort yourselves, edify one another. I beseech you, brethren, know them that labor among you. He says, we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient to all men. Don't render evil for evil unto any man. Follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Quench not the spirit. Despise not the prophecies. 
Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. For the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth us. He will do it. Brethren, pray for us. That's what you do while you wait and you can say, I know he's coming. It's the old song that says there's coming a day. It's the looking for. It's the anticipating. It's living every day of your life as if it's the very last God allows you to have. And if you live every day according to him, it will never catch you off guard. And you'll never have to say, if all oh, I'd have just known you were coming, I'd have been ready. But instead, you'd have said, Lord, I knew you were coming. And I've been waiting for this day. I've been looking out the window, waiting for you to pull up on that eastern sky. I've been waiting for the sound of that trumpet. My ear is in tune for it. And I'm ready to see you because I know you're coming. Would you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, the choice, the opportunity is yours. What side of that equation will you be on?